We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey everybody, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you immediately after another dumbass Dallas loss. This time for the Phoenix <laughs> Suns. They fall 117 to 115. Dallas coach Tony LaRussa couldn't find his way to manage his bullpen, and the Mavs fall in another terrible game. Did I say Tony LaRussa? I meant Rick Carlisle, who I love and appreciate, who has had two very very bad coaching games in a row so josh let's just let's kick it to you because this is the kind of game last i i said kick it to you then i'm gonna ramble for a second (laughs) last game it was enough to talk about the good stuff for a minute this kind of loss is the kind of loss that has me questioning um a lot so let's let's go to you um I think it was a weird game in the sense that even when the Mavericks were had a double-digit lead at certain points uh, in the first half and I think early in the third quarter, I never really felt good about it. Um, this team has a very weird energy level right now. Um, I can't really put my finger on it, and it's really something like it, – it, it might sound stupid. It's just something looks off, like – uh, I know that they can sometimes be a low intensity team just by the fact uh, of their roster. You know, they've got a lot of more, I don't want to say like finesse type players, but you know, there's not a Patrick Beverly like on this roster. They don't have really a lot of those kind of guys, which is fine. So sometimes they can look a little flat, but this is like different. Like it's, 
this looks like they kind of just woke up and rolled out and played a game and it was it was kind of weird the only thing i noticed you know they they shot so terribly but in terms of like taking stuff from the houston game and applying it to this game the only thing i really saw different was luca toned down the threes and that was fantastic but other than that it was like they just kind of went from that Houston game to this game and there was no, I don't, this is getting really deep, but no like self-reflection or like, can, you know, there was no adjustments. I don't know what kind of adjustments they could have made between two regular season bubble games, but it was just a weird feeling. And it didn't surprise me when they gave up the lead. Cause like I said, they felt they looked so flat uh, even when they had the, the game going in their direction. It was just a weird game off-putting energy level uh no one could hit a shot uh kind of like all the Mavs calamities that they Mm -hmm. when that they've endured this season like all of their weaknesses kind of showed up in this game well and that's exactly where I was going to go with it because the thing is you and I and like there was a really there was a really stupid victory parade on Twitter for the Mavericks backing into the playoffs today if you're one of those people you're a moron Okay, you're a moron. And I like come talk to me about it because I think you are a moron. Oh, no. Let's look at what happened out west. Okay. The uh, uh the Golden State Warriors, their best player, a former two-time MVP, broke his hand, so they collapsed. And in the West, it essentially became a slap fight for anything in the like 12 to 9 range. So really congratulations for the Mavericks for playing 500 basketball for nearly 40 games and then backing their way into the into the playoffs so congratulations (laughs) to them guys like really really solid work i love watching this team but what tonight was no what tonight (laughs) was was exactly what we said it was going to be you and i talked about this almost you know like eight months ago at this point where we said you know what i believe they'll make the playoffs and I believe it's going to be a grind. And that is exactly what it's been. So when players who are not quite good enough all don't perform well at the same time, the Mavericks are going to lose. Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., DeLon Wright, Maxi Kleba all played like butt. All of them. You know, Finney-Smith picks up a terrible uh flagrant foul or whatever the heck that was then a double tech for the fact that he got beat on a screen it's not our fault i watched that thing on replay like 12 times i still don't know what he was mad at you know seth curry finally played a good game but then tim hardaway god love him guy plays hard i'm not mad at him you know one for 12 from the field one for 12 is hard (laughs) yeah the lane was wide open guys and we just kept chucking three points you know, and then you got DeLon Wright, who is who is the least engaged basketball player I've seen on the floor in years. He's just so methodical and obvious with what he's doing. Kleba, who is the who is a big guy for the Mavs all year long, two games in a row. He's been bad. He's been ineffective, and I don't know what to do about that. You know, it's really something, and and it's it's I I don't like I feel so upset because I had kind of. I kind of turned a corner on thinking, all right, these guys are more than the sum of their parts. And then we have two straight games of seeing them perform so well for at least, at least 24 to 36 minutes 
only to collapse just long enough to lose the game. And it's really disheartening. Yeah, it is. Um, something that kind of gave me like weird PTSD flashbacks is like, look at the box score and it's Przingis with 30, Luca with 40. And then basically for the most part, everyone else farting and falling down and, and shitting themselves. And it's like, Oh my God, that's like exactly what I thought was going to happen in the pre, like during the preseason. I thought that's how the Mavs season was going to go. Um, it's like the sum of all fears realized in this game. Um, yeah, just the third quarter was like that's what isn't that the thing? Mavericks third quarters they come out oh, of halftime and for whatever reason they just don't look like they're ready to play. And you're right, Luca. Luca only shot like I think it says something. Luca only shot three three pointers. But you know what, Kirk? You talk about like they shouldn't have shot so many threes. They need to adjust. They need to go to the rim. That's this team. They are second in the league in threes per game. Like these these role play like Dorian Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, not as much Seth Curry because he's got a little off the off the bounce juice, and so does Delon Wright a little bit. But these guys are mostly spot up guys that work off of Luca. And when that machine isn't working right, when the threes aren't falling, or the defense is willing to guard the three point line maybe harder and 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 lacks at the rim. I don't know if this team can make that adjustment because that's just not who these guys are. Like Dorian Finney Smith is not a guy who is going to take the ball from the three point line and do something at the rim. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. can kind of do that. Maxi Kleba is not going to do that. Um, Seth can do that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, this offense is rotated around Luca pick and rolls and hitting spot up shooters. And when the spot up shooters miss their looks, it looks bad. It looks really bad because I don't know if this team has is dynamic enough to shift into another mode when things aren't working. No, there's not. And, you know, you look at these guys, you look at the ball handlers, the true, like, offense-running ball handlers that they have in order. It goes Luka Doncic, then they put in DeLon Wright, and then they're putting in Trey Burke. And Trey Burke was a negative 11 in 12 minutes tonight. That's not all on him. But that's sort of, you know, there's a reason he's not stuck. It's not, you know, I I don't want to pin this on any one guy because it was pretty – it's pretty, you know, frustrating from a from a team basis. But I, you know, having another ball handler who can attack, who can really earnestly attack, is something this team needs. And Delon Wright is not it. Like we just have, we have sixty nine games now of of uh, you know, sample size, and it's just not for him. Some games he's good at it. He he really did. He looked good early, and and he was attacking. Shoot, the guy shoot, shot four free throws, which is pretty impressive for a bench guy. And this is still what happened. I mean, how you lose a game where you have eight turnovers and shoot 37 free throws and you yeah. effectively, let me look here. That's they two of like the four the factors. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm really frustrated because, you know, there's this the wonderful take. Um, he doesn't like us, I'm, I'm, but I'm not going to call him names, but uh the, the the Rashad Phillips guy has been cracking wise, effectively saying that Porzingis is the Mavs' best player. And, like, obviously that's not true. But you saw tonight 70 points between the two of them where they're really humming. And you just need one more guy to not play terribly, and then maybe they win. And and that's not what happened. I Jonathan Jarks came on my podcast last week, and he effectively boiled it down to say that Dorian, the Dorian Finney-Smith spot uh so like that that fifth starter 
is what is going to dictate things for the Mavs. And through two games in the bubble, he's been absolutely right. Because Dorian, for as good as he is, and for as much as he's given the Mavs this season, which is a lot, has come up short. He's been bad. Um, yeah, he grabbed, you know, he grabbed 10 rebounds tonight, which is really something. But he's given opportunities to hit open shots. And the one that he hit tonight was a really, I mean, it was a, like, had he missed that shot, Carlisle would have pulled him from the game. It's like transition wing three, you know, for no reason while Luca's calling for the ball. I, I, it's not like, I, I'm really pleased with, 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 uh, you know, Finney Smith's performance, but he's that position, one of them, you know, like the wing defender, big three and D guy. That's where the Mavs are lacking if they hope to do anything, right? Yeah, it's it's you consider Hardaway, you know, it's Luca, Kristaps, and Hardaway have, has solidified himself. So it's right, it's the Finney Smith spot and it's the Curry spot. Uh, yep. They need those two spots, you know. If this lineup can sing, which it, which it has, like we have some evidence that this lineup that they're rolling out right now uh, can do some damage, but if it doesn't work out, like those are the two spots you go, okay, can we make this guy who might be a little overmatched as a starter, can we make him a really good bench player and, you know, get something out and that's an upgrade there. Uh, but I don't know. It's two games in the bubble. I don't know if I want to start talking off season here's why it might be worth worth it because this was an, again another nice day for for the standings for things that are outside of the mavericks control the rockets move themselves up the uh the other night the the thunder uh beat the jazz which they're you know the mavericks are now three games back from the sixth spot like that yeah, drives tough. me crazy that is not it it will take a collapse from one of the teams ahead of them for them to even consider moving up. So at this point, they're either locked into the Clippers or something wild is going to happen. And I hate that. I hate it. Because the entire, like the discussion around Luca is good, just going to be around like the stupid discussion around Giannis. Is he doing enough? Is his style built for playoff basketball? I just don't know if he's the kind of player to carry the match. I don't like, that's going to be the national discussion, guys. That's why this discuss, like that's why these games matter. These constant collapses. They lost another clutch time game. I'm it just, is. I'm just so tired. Yeah, I think what really disappointed me tonight was obviously you know we've gone over a lot of it, but the run that got the Suns into the game. I mean, effectively the run that won the game, because for the most part outside of this yeah. time, the Mavericks outplayed the Suns, the run that won the Suns, the game in the third quarter, was mostly bench guys. And the Mavs had most, and I think, you know, Luca was on the floor. The Mavs had a good amount of starters on the floor when that happened. Like that's the part that stings. Like the Suns are a sub 500 team and they're, bench is gonna run your some of your starters off the floor to get them back in the game like that's disheartening like that's where the inexperience comes in because that's where if you've got a guy one of your starters that is someone who you know Berea is that guy but he just he doesn't play because of his you know he's recovering from his Achilles but when you look at the rest of the roster none of these guys really have the skins on the wall outside of Luca in terms of his Euro professional success but like that's when the when the Suns bench is going on that kind of run. That's when someone on the Mavs has to be like, "Hey, we can't let these guys. We can't let the backups like 
ruin this game for us you know like this is when i hate to just say but like this is when dirk kind of would go into like fu mode and be like okay we're not gonna lose this game but to be fair dirk got in dirk was fu mode like three to four seasons into his into his career and luca's in his second season so it's gonna happen but it's frustrating to watch in real time uh that it was just kind of melting away and it was bench guys that did it and that's that's annoying uh, yeah. that that they just couldn't stem the tide uh, there when they got you know Booker had a good game in terms you know he had 30 points in 31 minutes but he fouled out uh, Aiton didn't do much you look at the Sun starters uh, Aiton and Mikhail Bridges combined for 11 points um, they got a good night from Cameron Johnson and Rubio was pretty good but like the Mavs had some opportunities and the Suns felt like they just I don't know it's cliches it sounds they wanted it more I don't know no, I mean that that is that's partially what it is. I need to go look at the box score because there's one guy in particular, flipping campaign, who was yeah. on the Mavs summer league team, buried a couple of real big threes. Granted, he was like a negative seven on his time out on the floor. But one of his threes, like Porzingis didn't even bother to get his hand up. And I'm just like, guys, you're not this good. There's just things that the Mavericks do as a team that really like vex me. Because, yes, they are a whopping 11 games over 500 at this point, which feels phenomenal. Like, it really does. It's it's incredible. But they're just not this team yet. And and I don't know. I don't know, Josh. Like, I'm really, I'm really disheartened. Yeah. And I it, mean, what? They scored 85 points in the first half against the Rockets, 73 in the first half against the Suns, and they're 0-2? Like... How many teams have scored 70 plus points in the opening halves in back-to-back games and lost both of those games? Like how often does that happen? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, to go from the first quarters where you're, where you were effectively scoring, I think they've scored 158 points in first halves so far in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, 73 plus 85. Yeah. And to do what they've done in the second half, like that's the thing you know, I made a joke in the intro about calling Carlisle Tony Larusa. What is he doing? Like, it, it, there's something going on with some of his rotation screwery where I don't understand what's happening. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he, you know, Justin Jackson didn't play, which I think uh, he didn't look good in the Houston game. He didn't look good in the, in the scrimmage game. So that was warranted. Uh, but, man, when Justin Jackson's not playing, they really are thin at the wing. I mean, they were just too small on the perimeter like uh that that's just tough uh Boban only played six minutes which which was I guess kind of weird and that's coming from me who doesn't necessarily think Boban should play a lot of minutes this feels like the kind of game you think he'd play a lot of minutes like he's good at feasting on bad teams you know like that's like his that's his thing um so maybe that would have helped I don't know I, I honestly feel like with the way the team has this energy level and this flatness I don't know if there's any strings Rick could have pulled in terms of rotations that would have snapped them out of this, out of this kind of funk that they're in, because maybe today was tonight a break glass in case of emergency JJ Brea game. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's about the only thing I can think of. Uh, But yeah, it's, you're right. It is, it's disheartening. Like, think about it. We've had four and a half months of no basketball. You know, we're living in a pandemic, which is still super real and not over. And we're, we've got basketball to be like, yes, it's back. Let's let's try to you know do what we can to 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 look on the bright side and, and watch watch a team that we love 
and for them to have these two games right out the gate is just like a kick in the nuts yeah oh yeah uh, so i don't know it's weird I'm, I'm i'm struggling to talk about the team right now like that's weird. No, that's weird we're struggling to talk about the team because we called out what the problems would be two weeks ago and then we know <laughs> what the problems are the problems are lucas three-point shooting which it wasn't tonight and the depth and when you you know they just need a lot to go right to beat anybody other than a mediocre to, to negative team like they're I don't. I really don't know how to handle like their point differential across the season because they beat the pants off of people who they should kill, and they mm-hmm. and then they just they they do things like this against other teams. I mean, this is the second Suns loss. They had the the biggest... Suns have had their number for a while. I feel like. Well, it's because you know part of it is because of Booker and that stupid yep. drop coverage they play, where they're like, "We're going to let the six foot seven smooth shooting guard pull up from wherever he wants." It's just that, you know, that happened again in a different format tonight. I don't, I just, I don't know. We're gonna, like, they're going to yell at us about this. The friends, you know, the various people who talk to us, if anybody actually hears this, but I, I just, I don't understand. I do understand. Like, I understand how you would have the exact same problems as you would have going into a pandemic. I guess what I'm not looking forward to is the same platitudes from Carlisle and anybody else, which is like, oh, well. We have to do a little bit, blah, blah. No, it, well, instead of like talking about why you need to do better, I would just like to see them do better. Like, yeah. I, and the thing but, is, is this team might not, they can do better in terms of winning games, but like those weaknesses, I don't, I don't know how those go away. No, no, you're right. So, well, there's nothing can, else to talk about. This is a stupid, yeah. this is a stupid game. Uh, again, I'm glad, like, I'm really glad to have basketball back. I just, I don't know how to talk about any of this in a way that doesn't seem so, like, overtly negative. I yeah, guess. Do, do we want to talk about, before we go, the, the final possession where they, you know, Luca passed out twice? Like, uh, Luca had, like, I, I wasn't feeling Luca's game for most of the night. Uh, he just seemed a little off. But like, man, you know, 19 free throws, 40 points. He only took three threes, which is like just terrific. Like that might be kind of where he has to go until he gets that shot figured out. Uh, and the crunch out time offense didn't like there was definitely more movement. It was not stand around and watch Luca not do any, you know, shoot yeah. a step back. But uh, passing out twice back to back possessions uh, before they got the Tim Hardaway Jr. three at the end that he missed. Yeah. That was curious. I, I I thought he might at least one of those try to take it take it up at the rim. The corner shot, like the pass out to the corner where Javon Carter defended the ball out of bounds, that was an objectively dumb pass. Um, I feel very confident saying that the guy read it the whole way. He was he's a right handed player going to his right. At a minimum, he's going to get like there's a likelihood that he gets a call. Maybe he didn't feel he had the angle. But I yeah. feel like that was sort of a predetermined thing from Luca. He should have shot that one. The second one coming from the left side with yeah. Mikael Bridges on him. And, you know, I've talked about this on a couple of different podcasts. Mikael Bridges is the guy who I wanted the Mavericks to take at five two years ago if they stuck there. That was a taste of as to why. He is a phenomenal wing defender. Like the antithesis of everything the Mavericks have right now from their wings, that guy is able to do. It. He's going to be like all defensive player one day. I really believe this. Um, and but because he's coming from the left side, and and Bridges had frankly had his number a couple of times. The way the angle was, the pass out to KP was not bad. Um, yeah, it was just just odd. KP yeah. on the other hand had a great look, 
and he did <laughs> it, it's funny i praised him in game for how he rebounds like he does this like pump fake into nowhere thing at least two or three times a game he pump faked and allowed Aiton to recover. He could have just shot the ball. Now, I'm not mad at him for, you know, the end result. He's seven for three guys. going to be fine. Aiton was far enough off him to where it didn't really matter. But I'm just – I'm very perplexed as to the decision from a basketball standpoint to why you feel the need to put the ball on the ground before you shoot it. I, uh, I don't know if we'll ever be able to <laughs> – these newfangled kids, Kirk, and they're off the dribble threes, I don't understand it. I mean, I can't shoot at all, so I like this whole discussion is probably beyond me as a general rule. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that's it. Do you have anything else? I know you're hosting, but this is no. What a dumpy game. Yeah, and then there's a day game that we have to cover on Tuesday, (laughs) which is going to be a mess. Which means, like, those of us with like, I can't watch it, so I don't really. I mean, I'm gonna have to record it and watch it after the fact, which is gonna be particularly painful if they lose that one. Um, which I, I, you know, I suspect they'll win. I don't even know who they're playing, but it, it's one of those that I feel pretty. The Mavericks have won, lost two games in a row. This will be the seventh time all year that that's actually happened. They, they, I don't think they've lost three games in a row yet. So, uh, this is one of those things I'm looking, you know, to see where they bounce back from. I don't know, man. We, we've said I don't know like 50 times. This is just. <laughs> There's just nothing more to say. Yep. All right. So let's get out of here. Let's go to bed. Okay, let's go to bed. Everybody, this has (laughs) been Kirk Anderson and Josh Bowe, despondent and tired following uh, the Mavs' second straight loss in the bubble. We will talk to you guys uh, after the game on Tuesday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.